All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. This is episode 57, which is actually so wild. Um, I'm here with my amazing co-host, Dean Sweetman. What's up, Dean? How are you, mate? I'm fantastic. 57 conversations with me you've had over the last year and a half, and you're still you're still hanging around. So we are um, we're in the midst of, okay, it's Thursday, May 25th. We're in the midst of like what feels like the AI revolution. And I know for anyone listening to this, we are going to start sounding like a broken record, but I actually don't think we have much choice if we are, if we're having conversations around business, because this seems to be uh, the thing, not just everyone is talking about, but is it possibly the thing propping up the U.S. economy uh, <laughs> at the moment? But it's, it, it's it feels up like the venture capital economy, I'll tell you that. That's yeah. Exactly. So, okay, today, this morning, NVIDIA, which has really been kind of a Wall Street darling really for the last, for, for, for a long time now, um, but it uh, shares jumped 27% in pre-market trading today, this morning, in pre-market trading uh, as a result of um, their earnings call yesterday, right? So if this is crazy, this is a crazy stat. If the pre-market gains hold, the company's market value would raise more than $200 billion, which would mark the biggest one-day rise in history. The second to that is Apple's $191 billion pop in November 2022, which is the current record. So seven months ago, <laughs> NVIDIA closed at a two-year low of $112 a share, and since then it has soared at 235%. And no stock on the S&P 500 has even come close to that. Second best is Meta jumping 97%. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Yep. Give me your, um, I don't know, give me your thoughts on. on yeah, that. well, all, all the tech got hammered, you know, last year um, when inflation kicked in and everyone got worried and rates went up and people got out of tech. And so, you know, so they're coming back, obviously. NVIDIA makes the chips that the servers need to run AI, right? So the, it's a very unique, kind of chip set, all the chip makers are going to be booming in the next 10 to 20 years, because, you know, you think about what's this, this revolution of AI, which we've talked about before, which we think is going to be as big or maybe bigger than the, the internet and mobile as our three, yep. kind of our third big moment here in the last, yep. you know, 25, 30 years. Um, it, it, you, get, you need a lot of CPU power. And so mm -hmm. chip makers that make the chips that can power the servers that live in the cloud that drive things like AI are just going to just keep rocking and rolling. So I wish I'd have bought the stock a year ago. I think I do. Gosh, own I know, right? I think I do own it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, in fact, I'm pretty positive I do own it. But um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I would assume anyone that um, has, is it in the QQ? It's in QQQ, maybe. It's in the QQ. I don't know. Yeah. I sh I'm, yeah. It is. Okay. So most. So people at least own own some of it, right? Yeah. Um, a, a lot of folks do. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Been, I mean, that is the queues have been rocking and rolling, right, for the last three, mm -hmm. four months. So, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you've got it, it's kind of crazy, right? Because you have this weird disparity between um, AI, basically any company involved in AI or even rumored to be involved in AI right. has just been on a tear, right? Uh, and then you have, um, you know, you have uh, the debt ceiling uh, negotiations. You have, I mean, like, it's just, it's a wild disparity between what seems to be happening in the world of technology and AI and sort of like the world, the normal everyday economy. Yeah. Um, and it does kind of feel like AI is 
prop it, it, it it's basically a new shot of momentum uh it in is. what was and pretty timing. much stagnant waters right yeah good timing look you know we're releasing a new ai product in, in a month we're building ai into different parts of our business one anecdotal someone left in customer support they that you know they moved on and instead of replacing them we are putting in some ai in our chatbot costs about 30 grand so this this person costs us about 60 grand right by the time you do benefits and everything and we're replacing them for 30 grand forever and we think that it's it's going to do the work of at least five people mm-hmm. so like I'm, I'm not looking to lay people off, you know. I just, it's, I, I, I've never had to do that. We've grown kind of frugally, with, with, you know, people. But um, this, what's happening now, is like, because when you can ask a question about anything to do with a product, and it gives you back the answer and tells you what to do, and you don't have to get on, like, the phone with support. It's just insane. It's just like- It's absolutely insane. It's just mind boggling. And so like we talked about, you know, things like customer support, um, engineering, content creation, AI is just going to blow these things up. Now, don't be afraid that you're going to lose your job because AI is going to take over, become the person who's an expert at using it. Someone's still got to prompt AI. Right. Right. We're not at this place yet where AI can just think by itself and hopefully we never get Mm -hmm. there. But mm-hmm. AI still needs humans to get the best out of it. So become mm-hmm. an ex- you, expert. Exactly. Use it to be 10 to 20 or 30 times more productive. More, more productive. Right? Like yeah. I'm I'm doing something tomorrow. It's funny. So we're launching an agency side of the business uh, here in the next couple of weeks of Vast, right? I've met so many pastors, so many leaders, so many voices who just want help yep. doing this. So I've made it my challenge that tomorrow using AI, I am going to... By myself, I'm not a coder. I'm going to build out the web the website for it. Mm-hmm. And I've it. already started working with the AI to build all the copy. And yep. in eight hours, I'm going to start it. I'm going to be, have it done and I'm going to build it. Six months ago, I never would have been able to do that. Correct. And I'm just like, you got to learn this stuff. You yeah. absolutely have, have to, learn. to learn it. There are um, so many newsletters that you can follow. There are, I mean, it's just, it really is like a wealth of 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 yeah. knowledge. And it's not just like, quote unquote, solopreneurs like me or tech people. My wife works at a fashion brand basically run by a private equity and the CEO, her CEO uses it. Oh yeah. All the time for I've everything. Instructed for- all of our staff to have the, the tab up. We, 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 we were, you know, we pay for chat GPT. We I'm in 4.0 all, all day. Mm-hmm. And I, I've said to my team, like you need to be doing something in, in AI every day. Like, I don't even care if you take 15 minutes and play around and ask questions and about you, like, just get in it and mm-hmm. uh, everyone's doing it. And so literally mm-hmm. this person, you know, left the, the company and um, we just, and you know, paid up for this big AI feature within uh, Zendesk, which is our kind of support ticket tool. And uh, I mean, I think we're just five decks capacity for, wow. for customer service. Yeah. That's crazy. It's wow. crazy when you think about if if you think about this stat uh, of just a by the way just a chip maker right mm-hmm. um, is now rivaling growth levels of Facebook 
and mm-hmm. Apple, which were both completely culture world shifting mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's just a, if that's any kind of tell as to what the next 10, 15, 20 years are going to look like, man, it's, we really are living in, <laughs> in crazy, crazy yeah. times. We're thinking about like social media, right? That was a big inter- interruption you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the internet. And then of course, Apple drove the mobile revolution, you know, single-handedly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I give Google a lot of credit for other things. I don't give Google credit for the mobile. They essentially copied right. Apple. But um, yeah, like, so it makes sense that NVIDIA is, is <laughs> rocketing to the moon because they're going to drive the, the AI growth, you know, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so let's talk next about some things that uh, are causing the opposite of growth, mm. um, which is uh, this Bud Light and Target mm-hmm. uh, debacle. Okay, wow. so if you don't know, um, the market value of Anheuser-Busch, um, their fourth best-selling brand is Bud Light. Um, okay, so you think about Anheuser-Busch being a great Amer- one of the great American mm-hmm. companies, Dude. right, going back. Remember those real genius ads? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Jake and I yep. used to crack up and yeah. quote, quote real men of genius ads to each other. I'm yep. not a Bud Light drinker, but or Bud drinker, but um, man, yep. the marketing. So think about this: 20, 30 years of building a brand. Okay, mm-hmm. the, the the moral of this little segment is like protect your brand at all costs because you mm-hmm. you spend. Hundreds of, I don't know, they've spent a billion dollars on this brand over the 20, 30 years, right? The, the, the horses, the Super Bowl ad, mm-hmm. like, all like of it. just yeah. all of it. And then they have some woke marketing manager that mm-hmm. does this, puts a transgender mm-hmm. on a cannabis. If you, if that never passed your mind, that the mm-hmm. audience that you sell to, I know, which is middle America, a little bit redneck, a little bit like mm-hmm. these, these are salt of the earth people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you put a transgender on the aluminum can of Bud Light. Right. Like how that didn't get flagged. Yeah. Like forget the, forget the agenda. Forget the, forget all that. it's just terrible marketing it's and terrible, terrible advertising. It's literally like you trying to sell tithely to atheists. Like, Atheists, legitimately, right. exactly. Right? It, it's like it's it's the most asinine thing right. ever, just right. from a pure like marketing right. standpoint. Right? right? Yeah. They've lost fifteen billion yep. in market cap since yep. April first. Yeah. So, like, let's put the LGBTQ plus issue over here for a second. We're just talking about this right. business decision. I'm happy to talk about the other thing, but this is a business decision. So, what's the lesson? Don't hire people that don't understand your customer. Right. Don't have people working for you that don't understand your mission. Budweiser's mission mm-hmm. is to sell inexpensive, okay tasting beer to, to the middle of, of the country. Yeah, exactly. That's what, like that's what that's what their mission is. And and right. you put someone in there that either didn't understand or had an agenda so different to the agenda of the company that they went and made a decision like this. I don't know if it went up the chain. I don't know if someone else had to sign off on this or they just went rogue. And I'm sure it must've gone all over the company. So, so here's another thing, like this person 
creates this marketing campaign, dreams it up, it starts getting signed off. Manufacturing has to be involved. Obviously, sales is involved. Distribution's involved. Like management is involved all through this decision. And it made it through and it, and it exploded. Like that, that, mm-hmm. the company that was touched this thing needs to be fired. Yep. It, yep. it was insane. Yeah, it, it's really crazy. Um, especially when you take into account, I think, you know, they're initially what they realized or what they said was, you know, we were trying to sort of change some of the narrative around our brand, right? Like it's like the Why? frat boy country. You spent 40 years and it's so- building your brand. Exactly. Like, Especially when that same beer company owns many different beer brands they that are marketed to completely different demographics, right? Correct. You've got, I don't know if they own like Stella, but, or, or like you, you get all these different beers that are marketed in different ways, right? Exactly. It's like Bud Light is not that, and it's not going to be that, right? Ever. It's never going to be that. So why even take not just an ounce of time and focus, but, but money, Right. trying to change that narrative and then do it. And even if you wanted to do that, my gosh, there's a million different ways you could make the brand more palatable to a different demographic of people uh, than doing that. Well, it's, well, it it really does feel like a bit of a... Not even. No, you've got your customers. Like once you get your customers, you just sell them more of the product that they're buying. Mm-hmm. You don't try and like, that's the, like, it's just 101. You spend, mm-hmm. you know, 50 years and, billions of dollars building your brand to go and sell to a customer. If you want to go sell mm-hmm. to the coasts, pick another one of your stable brands and go and do that. But exactly. Don't, you don't know, try and, you know, and, but it's, you know what it is? The, this woke thing has an agenda that transcends a common sense. Right. B, it comments, it, it transcends like business 101. Mm-hmm. And that's how like deranged these people are. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I saw a thread on Twitter from a guy who is a like a professional advertiser, been doing it for years, and came out and was like, "Look, I'm a dim- I'm a progressive, but let me explain to you why this was such a terrible idea." He said, first and foremost, alcohol is the single most is the single easiest product to market. Why? Because it's in many cases addictive. It is people don't change brands. And what works is what has always worked. You put a beer in front of a beach or a pool or a sunny place. You put a tequila cocktail. Like he's like, the, the, there, there is no innovation in the way alcohol is marketed. Right. It's because there doesn't need to be, right? right? Like this is, it, it's literally someone who has gotten the easiest job in all of advertising, right. messing something up that shouldn't be, shouldn't be messed up. Right. Um, and so it's a fascinating, it really is a fascinating, a fascinating thing. Okay, so then you have Target. This is, this is really interesting. So last week in Fortune Magazine, the Target CEO was quoted saying that DEI has fueled much of our growth over the last nine years, which is really interesting statement to make. That stock is now down 10% in the last five days because of uh, very um, uh, in-your-face LGBTQ Right. Close. Don't they have a whole signage. section? I haven't been on Target in 10 years, but they have a whole section, yep. right? For, you know, with the big rainbow and all the stuff. Yeah. 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 And there was, I guess there was all different types of clothes for men and women. And, and you know, they were doing the big displays and it became this whole thing. They, they pretty much immediately pivoted that, that pretty quickly. But again, not before their stock, Look, you know, 10% on a, for a company like Target is, is massive. It is. Um, and these are two brands that should, like, 
I guess my question is, is what are the, what are, what are the forces? And this sounds dark. I don't mean it in like the conspiratorial mm -hmm. way, but what are the forces at work getting these companies that are like so solid mm -hmm. and don't take risks and just do what they do, wash, rinse, repeat. Like what are the things that are forcing them to do this? So, okay. This is my opinion. I think there's, and, and we're Christians. We, we, this mm -hmm. this podcast is about the intersection of faith and, and, and Christianity and business, right? This is a great mm -hmm. topic for us to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, um, but there's a line that transcends being a Christian and it's children. Children is the line. So yeah. if you're on above the age of consent, which I, whatever that is, you know, if you're 18 and older, 18, yeah. yeah, yeah, you go and do whatever you want. Like, if you ask me my opinion about what you should do in life, I'm going to give you my opinion. But you know what? You're going to go live your life. So go and live your life. As, and this is the same in the, the Florida bill. And all this, it's all in the same category. Books to children, like drag shows in schools. It's in the same category. It's children. So when you bring your agenda, which we don't, you know, subscribe to, but that's your agenda, that's the way you're choosing to live your life and you're an adult, you go and do it. As soon as you cross the line where it starts affecting kids, you, you, will, you will erupt. The, 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 the vast silent majority of people who do not want your agenda being put on their children. And so in both of these cases, not so much less the Bud Light one, but the target one is you're creating bathing suits for transgender 10-year-olds. Mm -hmm. Like just let those words like come out of your mouth. Like tr transgender bathing suits for children. And you didn't think <laughs> people were going to just like just so... The, the line is children, whether it's books or drag shows or clothes or whatever, don't mess with children. And what you're doing is you're trying to put their, because you're trying to build your team. You're trying to build your uh, community. And, and when you go after kids, that's a line and parents, I'm telling you, man, mm -hmm. I, I, I might not recover T target, you know, is, is obviously backtracking pretty quick here. But I, I mean, for us as believers, you know, we're, we're called to be tolerant and love people, but we're also called to like draw lines in the sand and say, this is what we believe. And, and I have compassion for everyone. Um, and it's a whole nother subject that you really just kind of not in our purview, you know, to, to talk about, but you know, you can be compassionate and love people. Um, like Jesus was compassionate and he loved everyone, but he said, here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. Here's how we live. Here's how we're not living. And that's what we do. But you just can't gray it all out, right? You just got to make a stand on what you believe and then live to that. We, we need grace because we all make mistakes all the time and, and we need God to forgive us. But to just overtly live a way that, you know, that God hasn't designed us to live, it's just, just you can't go there. So, and I, look, you know, there's segments of Christianity right now that are splitting the church. Like the United Methodist Church is, is splintering the, the Episcopal Anglicans are, are splitting, like they're just saying, no, we're not going into this kind of liberal kind of, you know, area. So anyway, that's a rant. 
but it children is the line. And so the, le- the lesson is, is if you want to propagate your agenda, like have that up, like marketing to adults, but you start putting like children's bathing suits, accommodating transgender. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's insanity. Absolute insanity. Well, and well, it really is. And we all, you know, it's funny. We always talk about the fr- a free market, right? A market mm-hmm. of uh, yeah. goods and services, supply and demand, a, a market yeah. of ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the market has really shown Mm-hmm. what they think about this kind of yeah. activity. Yeah. And it's just not necessary. I think that's my thing is it's just yeah. not necessary. You know, right. there are plenty of Christian companies. Chick-fil-A is a, is a famous Christian company. Yeah. And um, they may have over the years very subtly done certain things, whether it's, you know, the Bible verse on the bottom or whatever the, whatever yeah. the stuff that they've done, they're closed on Sundays, but like, yeah. You, you, no one, no non-Christian would walk into a Chick-fil-A uh-huh. and feel like they're being, having an agenda pushed on them. No. And I think that's what's so interesting. And then when you mix that with business, you sort of go like, gosh, are we really in a day where, and it goes back to the Coinbase conversation we had two years ago, 18 months ago, mm. which was the CEO saying, there is no, pol- like we're not, we are, we are a business that exists to make money, serve our customers, right. build products. Right. And uh, employ people. And, right. and this is not a mission. This is not a um, right. but, advocacy. But you said something like the Chick-fil-A thing. Remember when, I'm not sure it was New York or LA, they opened and then there was like this massive protest that they were anti-LGBTQ, but, <laughs> but the line to get into Chick-fil-A went around like 25 blocks. And, and like, exactly. It's like, you know, the way Chick-fil-A does it, and they don't say much. They their actions are they close on Sunday, and you go, oh, why do you do that? It's like, oh, we're Christians and we want our staff to be able to go to church, which I think is the reason. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're like Seventh Day Adventists, you know, or, or or whatever, right? Which is Saturday, but they're not like, oh, Sunday is so sacred we can't do anything, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we just want people to, you know, have time with their family and whatever. So, mm-hmm. so that's all they say, <laughs> right? And then, and then they get attacked for being anti because they're Christians because they're anti LGBT, and so but no one cares because they're not stuffing it in your face. They're just saying, "Hey, this is us. This is how we're going to do right. business." And but so that's like point oh 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 percent of what they're saying. Then they just go and make great chicken sandwiches. That's the business, of right? <laughs> so we're right. just going to make great chicken sandwiches. No one's coming in here because we're Christians. They're coming here for the food, right? right? right. So just go and yeah. make products that people want to buy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, but it, you, you start pushing these type of agendas on children and I, I'm glad I hope I look, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's just, you, you cannot, you have to think common sense when it comes to these, these issues. And I'm, we're watching before our own eyes, the most ridiculous decisions being made by business that is, is it just defies common sense. And, you know, it, it's just, and they're going to pay. And like, good, I want them to pay. Mm-hmm. Apart from my, what I believe, like what right. I feel, a lot of what they do is evil. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think like beyond just, hey, you're going to go live your life as an adult, have at it. But mm-hmm. pushing your agenda down to children, that's demonic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I, I, you know, 
I want them to pay. Yeah, I mean, I just, I want to be able to buy my beer. I want to be able to just right. go to a store and right. buy what I need to buy without having, it's like, right. it's so different than, you know, I don't want to walk into a grocery store and have people preaching sermons at me. I don't, I don't exactly. want that. Exactly. <laughs> so I just, it, it's this ideology thing. And I think if, if you're building a business or if you're a part of a business that is moving in an ideological direction, like, gosh, right. man, like have a mission, fine. But yep. the mission should be to serve the customer. And yep. the mission to be to, should be to make great products. Yep. Um, Amen. And I think that's that's the learn that's the learn here. The market will validate uh, every single or invalidate every single thing that you do. Okay. Lastly, today uh, I wrote a quote. This is for all you youngins that are listening. Um, I wrote a quote that I absolutely actually loved. Maybe I love it because it was my story, but uh, I want to hear what you think about it. So uh, I saw this uh, quote on Twitter. It says, "When you're in your 20s, you should spend a little bit of time doing something." that's sort of crazy, insane, unprofitable, unorthodox, because that's going to be your touchstone and the foundation of your success later on. Um, this was specifically talking about career. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? I, I agree. You, what happens is, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 60 in a couple of years. The older you get, the, the more conservative you become, not politically, Although that's true too. The older you get, the more conservative you, you take less risk. So things I did in my 20s, um, what can I point to? Oh, I got, I got on airplanes and flew to third world countries without knowing who I was going to find and <laughs> develop relationships to preach the gospel. Like I literally turn up in Sri Lanka one day. I found people in the phone book. I looked up churches in the phone book called the guy up I'm like, Hey, my name's Dean. I'm an evangelist. Like, can I come and take it for lunch? And the guy's like, sure. <laughs> I end up developing like a lifelong friendship. I go back many times and preach. I had an address in India and this is pre email. And I did, I, cause I couldn't, you can't, you couldn't call India in the eighties. And so I, I landed in New Delhi, forgot that it was winter in the Northern hemisphere was freezing my butt off, had to go buy a coat, took a tuk tuk like a little three-wheel taxi, mm -hmm. two and a half hours to the edges of New Delhi and turned up at, at this nunnery <laughs> and they were praying. They're in a prayer meeting. And I, I, the servant guy comes running out and, and he's like, who are you? I go, I'm Dean the Evangelist. <laughs> they're praying. <laughs> they're, they're praying in the prayer meeting. God, send someone to preach the gospel. God, we need a move of God. And I turn up in the prayer meeting. It was like, and, and like the stories go on and on, right? So would I do that today? No, but mm -hmm. uh, if you're in your twenties and you know take the risks, do crazy stuff, because those are the those are some of the fondest memories of my life. Mm -hmm. um, I'll never mm -hmm. forget it. Being in Rwanda for six weeks, you know, drinking warm Fanta and eating popcorn because the, the, <laughs> the meat that was hanging in the market had so many maggots on it. I didn't want to touch it, and. Uh, Losing 20 pounds. Maybe I should do Rwanda again for six weeks and lose 20 pounds. <laughs> um, you know, just absolutely couldn't agree more. Take risks. Mm -hmm. Discover yourself. Discover what you're good at. Discover what you're not good at. And, you know, it helps shape mm -hmm. your career. Try stuff. Yeah. it's the, You're stuff. totally right. It's the ultimate It's the ultimate time to do that. Yeah. And you're so right. I mean, gosh, I'm about to have a second kid. The last thing 
Uh, yeah. It's about risk management at this exactly. point, right? Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> There's, it's like, hey, I still want to be risky, but how do I not be, you know what I mean? It's, it's the constant. Every time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's that every time I go to the grocery store to buy food for my kid, again, I'm reminded, right. I don't I got a lot of risk left right. that I can take uh, in terms of that, those big risks. That's so, that's so right on. I love those. I love those stories. It's almost like, um, we should, we should, here's the one thing. Okay. Listen, I, boomers, you, the boomers get a lot of flack. The boomers oh, yeah. get a lot of flack, yeah. but there is nothing not like men who came up in ministry in the eighties and nineties <laughs> and their stories yeah. compared with us young guys that to go plant a church, we want 250 K right. or more. And we right, need a hundred right. people on our launch team. And we need our, it's like these stories of these, these older guys, man, they literally just got on planes yep. and went places and yep. moved to cities where they knew nobody and, yep. and planted churches. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so good. Um, love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Maybe if you're listening, I don't know, take a risk, learn to try, try yeah. and build an AI tool. Try yeah, and uh, exactly. start a company. Go work for go work for a company for less money, but do it because you believe in it. And yep. the founders got something you you can learn, some, something that you want to learn from. You know, it's a it really is a perfect time, 100%. perfect time to do that. All right. Well, I think I think that's all we got for today. Brooks Kepka winning PGA events, which is always always good. Oh man, don't um, stop me. That was other awesome. than that. That was uh, even, it, it even was my awesome, wife, wasn't it? Who's not a golf watcher? She's like, she said to me, "Man, that was a that was great television." <laughs> like, you know, seeing seeing Brooks win, and because my dad, my dad was in town, who taught me to golf when I was eight. So we played on on Sunday, and then we watched the 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 PGA on Sunday. And man, man, what that's awesome. Weekend. It was awesome. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Dean, as always, thanks for taking the time to do this. If you're listening, go to our website, kingsandpriests.io. Uh, you can drop your email there. It keeps you all up to date. And you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And we'll see you right back here next week. 